Thank you for downloading this week's podcast from First Baptist Church of Lutz in Lutz, Florida. To find out more information about our church, please go to lutzfbc.org and look around. Hey, this month's conversation is around the prodigal son as our pastor unpacks this parable and looks at different character each week. Now, here is this week's message from our pastor. Third part of the prodigal series. And so today we're looking at the older brother and we're going to look at, at this moment and, and, and hopefully this morning we're going to be, we're going to examine our own lives and examine our life in light of scripture. So in your, uh, in your pew was the sermon handout. So use that to, as we go through the message today to, to help guide and, and put down notes as we move forward. Our scripture today is Luke 15, 28 to 29. It says this, Luke 25, and Luke 15, 25 to, I'm sorry, 28, 29, sorry. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him or begged him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you. I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. Billy Graham, at a point in his life, he was driving through a small town. And as he was driving through a small town, he was, he was going a little over the speed limit. I know Billy Graham doing that is crazy to think about. But Billy Graham was going over the speed limit by, by 10 miles per hour. And he was pulled over by a police officer. And, and the police said, hey, you were speeding. He goes, I know, I, I admit my guilt. I was, I was going over, I'm sorry. And he said, well, in our, our town, you actually have to appear before a judge. And so Billy Graham followed the police officer and, and went over and had to go to court. And the judge said, how do you plead to going 10 miles over? And Billy Graham said, hey, I, I, I'm guilty. I went 10, I went 10 miles over. And, and the judge says, okay. Well, for every mile you went over, you owe me a dollar. And so Billy Graham said, that's fine. And so the judge looked up and realized who it was. And he said, but today I'm paying. He took $10 out of his pocket and paid for that speeding ticket. And then after that, he went and took Billy Graham out to have a steak dinner. And Billy Graham shared that in one of his revivals. And he said, that is the grace of God. That, that's what our judge does to us, that he pays the price in full and it is done and over and then he takes us out for a steak dinner, per se, per se. So this morning, that is, we're gonna talk about the grace of God, the love of God and the, the mercy of God and the love of God in here today and it's going to guide our conversation. We're going, it's gonna guide us as we look at our main idea, God's grace, God's grace changes our perspective. God's grace, that's our main idea today, God's grace changes our perspective. And our key question, the question that we're going to be answering here today is this, do your desires, do you desire something from God rather than his grace? Do you desire something from God rather than his grace? Meaning his grace is not, is his grace not good enough for you. Today, we look at the older brother. We look at, at this life and, and look at 
three characteristics that, that the, the older brother has in this famous parable. Our first characteristic we're looking at is this. The older, the older brother has rebellion. The older brother has rebellion. Let me read verses 25 to 26. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants asking what these things meant. You see, the, the brother in, in, this, in this moment, we, we get to see the older brother again. And in this moment, we see the older brother, he's out in the field, he's working. He, he's out there attending to, to this. And we're, we, we know that the dad is a noble man and we know that, that he's a wealthy man. And we have a good enough idea to know that from this persona that we're gonna see of the brother here today, we know that, that he's not the one actually out in the field working. No, he, he's overseeing people out in the field. And so as the older brother is out there, as this elder brother is out there attending to this, he, he's, he's, he has people working for him and, and he's not gonna get his hands dirty at all. His, his honor, he would not allow that to happen. So he's out there attending to or watching over those workers in front of him. He is oblivious to what is happening back at the dad's estate. He is oblivious to the idea of what's happening. He has no clue what has just happened to his dad. He has no clue the big news that has happened. There is a party back at the house. His, his runaway, his rebellious brother is home. And he has no clue at all that party is happening, which we'll talk about that in a moment. But let me just give you the setting of this whole story and the setting of everything that's going on here. The, the older brother, as I said, is out there attending or, or with the workers. And, and the, the father and the younger son, the prodigal son, are having a party. And the community is part of this. So let's just, let's just look at that for a moment. For the community to be part of this, we know that it is in the evening-ish time and workday has ended. Because for a party like this to happen during this time period would mean that it was going to be at the end of the workday, they would make an announcement. Hey, so-and-so is having a party at their house tonight. Their son has come home. Hey, come out and join the bringing out the fattened calf is going to be a party tonight. Come out. And so the news would go out at the end of the workday. And so all those would go, all the workers, all the people in the community, everyone in the town would go back home. They would clean up from work and then they would come out. And as you know, the, the, as a party goes, as the, as the longer the party goes, the the better the party goes, and so the louder it gets. And so at, it comes to this point here where the brother is far enough out on the estate, which gives us an idea, this is a big piece of land, that he doesn't even know what's going on. He's oblivious. There was no one, no messenger went out to say, hey, your brother's home, there's a party happening back at your dad's house. None of that is going on. All we know is that the brother is out there, comes up and hears the noise, which lets us know the party's been going on for quite some time. He walks up to the, the party or up to the house of his father. 
And he says, what is this? What's going on? And one of the servants says, hey, your, your, your brother is back home and your dad is, is having a party. Your dad's celebrating it. And see, the, the brother in the scene, the brother in the scene, it gives us an idea that, that he's been gone. The older brother in the field has been gone for a little bit. He, he's, he's out in the field. He's attending to all this. And, and he, I don't think him and his father, I mean, it's pretty clear him and his father don't have a tight relationship. And it's not the father, on the father's end, it, it's the older son. It's the older son who, who's not close to the father anymore. I mean, the older brother is the one who's not close anymore. John MacArthur says this, it is believed that the older brother did not have a better relationship with the father than the prodigal son when he left home. The older son's faithfulness and obedience to the father was just fake, weak, and not real at all. Let's go back to verse 12 for just a moment. This was several weeks ago, but let's just go back to it. Verse 11 and 12, actually. And he said, this is, this is Jesus talking here. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me a share of the property that is coming to me. Basically, give me my one third. That's what he's asking for. The father divided the property between them. Now, I have read this parable many times. But I want us just to pause there for just a moment because we're talking about rebellion and, and, and the this characteristic of the older brother. I want us to, to, to catch this for a moment. The older brother, in, in this moment, the younger son gets his one-third. The older brother gets his two-thirds. In this moment, if the older brother cared at all about the father and the father's estate, the father's money, would he not stand up and say, hey, no, 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 don't go away. Hey, dad, don't give me the money. Hey, I don't, dad, no, this is not happening. This is, don't give it to him. But we don't see the older brother standing up. We don't see the older brother doing any of that. In this scene, verse 12 ends with, he divided his money between them. Meaning both of them received their share of the dad's estate. Money was received by both brothers. I don't want us to miss that. You see, when I say that the older brother had rebellion, it's a different type of rebellion than what the younger prodigal son had. It's a different kind. Let me just share this with you. The older brother has a, sees a party begin without him. The father started the party without the older son because he knew his son's heart already. <laughs> he knew what his son would say. Some commentators said that the older brother's spirit or his heart was so pathetic and sour that the father was not going to invite him to the party. Invite or go out and invite him to it. He had to come to it. So in this moment, we look at this prodigal, this parable of this prodigal son, and we think the main character of this parable is, is the prodigal son. <laughs> or, or, or maybe we look at it and say, well, well no, it, it, it's the father, right? The father shows grace, the father's loving, and he welcomes the son home. But Jesus, 
back at the beginning of Luke 15, is not, he's talking to religious leaders. He's talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to those who believe that they are saved. Those who are legalistic. Those who are ritualistic. That's who he's talking to. Those who believe, and so when the other, as they're hearing these three parables, they're getting more and more angry. <laughs> and they're, you know they're grumbling. Why is he letting that son come back? You know, last week I shared with you about this, this moment, the kazaa, when they, when they drop the large pot and, and say, so-and-so is no longer part of us. This is, this, the, I mean, the, these religious leaders are hearing this. They're getting angrier as this, the story goes on and on. And then they get to see the older brother. And that's when their attention comes up. Oh, good. Look at that older brother. I'm glad we're going to look at the older brother because he, he stayed there. He, he was took care of him, right? And so that's why we're looking at this moment right now. Both sons were far away from the father. Both sons, I want us to hear this. Both sons were far away from the father. The prodigal went to a foreign country and ran away. The older brother, you're saying, well, he, Scott, he stayed there. He was near them. He was near his dad. No, he was way, way out in the field. He was apart from what was happening there with his father. With the exciting moment of his father, he was not there for it. And there's two different welcome homes that happen. One, the prodigal comes home, and the other, the older brother comes home. And both of the responses are completely different. Completely different. So the focus is, of this whole parable is on the older son. It was on the oldest son. And in this moment, it, I, I read this. I could not find an author who said this, but I read this this past week. Physical proximity to things about God is not at all the same as proximity to God. Let me say that again. Physical proximity the things about God. Basically, the, the being near of the church or knowing what the church is doing and being part of what the church is doing is different and is not the same at all as being close to God in a relationship with him. So physical proximity to things about God is not the same as being close to God in a relationship with him. Jesus is showing the Pharisees that just like the older brother ignores the father but values what he can get out of him, the religious leaders do the same thing with their relationship with God. Let me explain that. Instead of being happy and rejoicing over people going from death to life, they rather grumble about the fact that Jesus was associating with sinners and tax collectors. See, Jesus is sharing these stories with tax collectors and these parables, and that's how it all started. And the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, got mad and angry. And so they walked over to start to grumble as Jesus is sharing this. Why is he with them? Why is he eating with these tax collectors? Why is he eating with sinners? Instead of rejoicing over people giving their life to Christ, do we ever get so caught up in legalism do we ever get so caught up in finances? Do we ever get so caught up in people's past? Do we ever get so caught up in people's sins 
that we are missing out on rejoicing over their salvation. Do we get so frustrated over people's sins and people's stories and whatever all they've done, the way they, they, their finances, and we worry about all this money, all these different things, or are we missing out on someone giving their life to Jesus Christ? Uh, as your pastor, we will always rejoice when someone gives their life to Christ. Nothing will ever get in the way of that. We will jump over hoops and over boundaries and over hurdles to for someone to give their life to Christ. I want to see people on Crystal Lake, I want to see people in Lutz, the greater Tampa area, to know Jesus Christ. That's my desire. One theologian, he's now going to be with the Lord, his name is Leonard Ravenhill. And Leonard Ravenhill, all his stuff was on prayer, and he's phenomenal, phenomenal and theologian, especially when it came to prayer. But he said this when it came to evangelism, and I want to share this with you. He says, I have one ambition in my life. One ambition in my life. I want to be known in hell. I want Satan to say, watch out, because I don't know what Leonard Ravenhill is going to do today. I want to be a troublemaker for the devil. Church, I like that. I like that. And let me just say this. I want us to do everything to reach people with the gospel. You know, we have coming up a missions banquet on September 17th. And we'll be planning to, to, to share there and there's exciting things happening as we're gonna go and reach people with the gospel, not just in Florida, but, but domestically and possibly internationally. You know, our, our church has a heart for missions and that heart is gonna continue on because it's not the work that we're doing, it's the lives that are being transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ and that's what we're about here. Getting a little fired up up here. And on October 22nd, we have this fall festival. And I was just here saying, Scott, I've heard this in announcements. I already know about it. Okay. But let me just say this to you. We're, this, is, this, is, this is, yes, this is for us. But this is for the community too. This is a chance for us as a church to reach people with the gospel. I want everywhere people turn in the greater Tampa area to say, what is what's First, First Baptist Church Lutz doing now? What, what are they doing now? What, what's the next thing they're doing to reach people? I want people to be, to get, to turn around. Everywhere they see is us as a church sharing the gospel. Us reaching prodigals. Us ministering to people. Us helping people grow in Christ. That's my desire as your pastor. So the younger and the reckless brother takes his dad's money and he comes back home. The older son was out in the field and he had his own little legacy. I mean, if he's far enough away, he's probably got his little house and everything set up out there far away from the father. I, I wanna just, to talk about this rebellious attitude, that this attitude, I'm gonna invite two brothers to come up on stage for just a moment. Now, both these boys have, have good hearts, so... Yeah, let's just start there. 
okay? Sweet, sweet boys here, okay? But as I was thinking about this parable, I thought, hey, the best way to explain this parable is to actually look at it in front of us happen, okay? So in this scene, I'm going to play the father, okay? So so there's the money and, and there's your money, right? And so what happens in this parable is that the older brother and the younger brother, the prodigal, are, are receive their money. And the younger brother goes and leaves to a faraway country and goes and blows his money. So go and blow your money, please. Thank you. <laughs> and so he, he leaves. And, and so now the older brother and the father are together. And remember, I just said physical proximity is not the same as proximity, as a relationship with, with God. And so the older brother is here, and all this is happening. And so you want to say, just to get this idea, the older brother is, is in his own heart, is, has some anger and some frustration. Uh, and there's some rebellious attitude. So as the younger brother comes back, he's going to come through that door here. I know he is. Yep, there he is. Okay. <laughs> he likes to stay a little out there and have some more fun party, but he's back now. So, all right. And he blew all his money. Right, no money left now. Okay, blew all his money. No money's left. And, and so, in this scene, in this moment, the, the younger brother comes home, and, and there's this big celebration. There's a big party. But who pays for the party? It's the older brother's money. It comes from. You see, in that. It doesn't make you feel good, does it? No, it, it, make, it brings anger and frustration. And that's the picture we're seeing here. You guys go sit down. Great job. Thank you. Way to blow that money. Well done. You see, this, this moment that we see here between, you know, we, you saw these, these two brothers, and, and yeah, it's funny and all, but, but here's the reality is that if you're in that scene, you're the brother, and that money your brother comes home and the fattened calf and this is a big party happening. The rebellion's already started in the older brother's heart. <laughs> when the brother left, he's already rebellious. He's already mad to begin with against the dad. You'll see that here in just a moment. And the, the older brother is, yes, he stays close, but he's not really close. And the younger brother's back and there's a big celebration, which then leads to the second characteristic. The older brother has resentment. He has resentment. Verses 26 and on says this. He called one of the servants and asked, what do these these things mean? The servant said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed him the fattened calf because he he has received him back safe and sound. Safe and sound. But he was angry. He refused to go in his father, to see his father. He made his father come out. The father came out and entreated him, begged him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you. I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him? And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. 
it is fitting to celebrate and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive. He is lost and is found. He was lost and is now found. There's resentment that's happening inside of the older brother. John MacArthur says the religious leader will try as long as possible to camouflage their immorality, their deny their guilt, to disavow his need or her need for redemption and declare his own life as righteous, as righteousness. Let me just share both brothers again with you. The prodigal, no relationship with God. The prodigal has no relationship with God. They do not love God. They do not care about God or anything at all about God. They give little or no thought to God at all. And they want nothing to do with the church. The older brother on the other side has resentment towards the brother. The one that left anger, has anger, resentment towards him. Holds or has resentment from his, for his dad secretly, believed to be for a long time. He has a rebellious spirit. He's a legalist. When we look at the older brother, we just think that he, must, he just needs an attitude adjustment, right? If he would just change his attitude, he would be okay. Everything would be better. The story would be great. It would have a great ending. But here's the reality. This parable is not showing that attitude adjustment. Instead, the oldest brother has never really been devoted to the father at all. See, when I look at commentaries, I look at I study this, we see that he models in every way a religious hypocrite. The community thinks that he is loyal and faithful to his dad. He stayed, he didn't leave. He looks like a good son. He appears respectful and he stays with his dad. But here's the reality check. The older brother has no respect for his father at all. No interest in pleasing his father, no love for his father's values, no concern for his needy brother. The older brother is lost, hopeless, and enslaved to sin. He'll never admit to himself, but that's what's going on here in this, this moment, in this text. We look at verse 26. He called one of the servants and asked, what are these things that's going on here? The resentment's already started. <laughs> what is this? What's happening? Why is this happening right now? Why is there a party? Why is my dad doing this? Resentment. I looked it up because I love definitions. Resentment is this, a negative emotional reaction to, to being mistreated. The father is spending what belonged to the older son, so resentment is happening. <laughs> he has resentment towards his dad. The older brother had no joy for the grace of the father. The older brother, oh, the older brother's anger reveals his character. It reveals who he is. I want to know what are some signs of resentment. So here we go. Continual or recurring feelings of a strong emotion such as anger when thinking about a specific interaction or experience. Resentment is inability to stop thinking about the event that triggered the strong emotions. Feeling of regret, fear of avoidance of conflict, tense relationships, feeling invisible, inadequate or less than. The signs are pretty clear. 
of what resentment looks like. Now, I wonder if any of us have those emotions. Any fear, any feelings of resentment towards God, any resentment towards someone else. Maybe in the church. Isaiah 64, 6 says it this way. We have all become like one who is unclean and all of our righteous deeds are like polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. The older son despised the father's grace. He didn't like it. But it was needed for the prodigal and older brother. Grace is the only hope for sinners. Grace is our only hope. Yet the older brother resents and hates the grace and the mercy of the father. Now we get to this, this part. Let me just read this to us. I want the text to lead us here in this. Verse 28. The older brother, he was angry and refused to go in. His father, the father came out and entreated him. The father came out and begged the son. When do you see a, a grown man beg his son? John MacArthur, in his commentary, says this. The father, in front of all these people, the father left the party to go out and deal and beg, plead for his son to come in. John MacArthur said, no, in that times, the father should, would have taken him in and worn him out. That's what the father should have done. But the father didn't do that. The father begged on his knees and begged his son, pleading with him, come in, come into the party. You're welcome, come in. But what does the son say? You know, when the prodigal came home, he said, Father, when, when the older son comes in and sees the father, his first word is this, look. And that's how it's written, that's how it's said. You see, there are two different welcomes that happen, two different attitudes of the brothers. The prodigal, the one who ran away, the one who, who blew the father's money, the one who was living a life of sin, when nothing to do with the father, hated the father, has a heart change. And he comes back and says, Father, I'd rather be a servant. You know, but he, he's, he's asking for forgiveness. He's admitting his guilt. He's pleading on the fathers for grace and mercy. But on the other side, you got the older brother who says, look, <laughs> you've never done anything like this for me. I stayed here. I done this. It's a completely different attitude. Completely didn't different attitude. The father had to leave the celebration to deal with his older legalistic son. Which leads us to our third and final characteristic. The older brother has lack of devotion. He has a lack of devotion. The older brother is not devoted to the father. He's faking it until he makes it. He's not spending time with the father. The lack of devotion comes because the older son, brother, 
He's our guy's two-thirds. He's got two-thirds of the states. He's got his money. He's doing good. The reason he stays with the father, the reason that, that he stays near the father is because he knows what's coming to him. Well, well Pastor, you already said he got his two-thirds. Yes, but when the father passes away, he gets the whole estate. He's the older brother. And that's what the older brother gets. The older brother gets. Not the younger brother. So the reason that he's rebellious towards his dad, the reason that he has resentment, and the reason he now has a lack of devotion is because he's just there until the dad passes on. He's there because he doesn't want to lose that estate. He doesn't want to lose this piece of land. He doesn't want to lose his dad's legacy that he will be gaining. So he is just staying as close as he can to his dad so he gets the benefits of the dad without being in an active relationship with the dad. And that's just like the church sometimes, isn't it? Be close to the church. I'm gonna be close to God. I'm gonna be close to God so I get, maybe I'll get some blessings to come upon me. And the, and the church will do this for me. But when it comes time for when our faith meets the road. When, 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 we got, when battles start to face, we start to face some issues, we, we start to drift away. We drift away from God because we never actually had a relationship with God. We had a relationship with a church. And there's a difference. <laughs> there's a huge difference. The older son, he begins to protest his father. He protests him, which reveals his lack of love for his father. Does not care about his younger brother being home. Doesn't care about the father's joy and excitement of the prodigal coming home. He has no joy at all. He even said he served his father, meaning he told his dad, I felt like one of your servants. In his own home, he tells his dad, I felt like one of your servants. I've just been serving you, dad. Lack of devotion continues because now he starts to compare himself against his father and even comes to a point in his big speech to his father that he deserves an apology for not loving and providing for him. He's wanting his father to, to apologize, to, to, to take care of him, to bless him, to, to fix this. It's called the elder brother syndrome. <laughs> he followed the rules. He deserves a blessing. He thought it was his job to receive love and not show love to his father. He thought his brother's sin in running away was unforgivable. He was not going to join and he was not going to join and refuse to have joy with his father. This parable, it, it, it ends in a, it doesn't end like a Hallmark movie. I'll put it like that. You know, my, my Lee loves Hallmark movies, loves them. And I've, I, I watch them with her, I'll admit that, okay? And so, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't end like that, right? It doesn't end where it's this happily ever after and, and everything's back together, it's restored, everything's good, and we can move on. It, it just ends. And you're, and you're sitting here wondering, did the older brother 
come to his senses? Did he, did, did he ever go into the party? Like, for me, my ADD mind, I'm like, I'm lost. Like, what happened? Tell me what happened. But Jesus just ends it. Ends the parable. With the father saying that those words, those famous words. And he said to him, son, you're always with me. And all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for why. Here's these famous words. For this, your brother was dead, and now he's alive. He was once lost, but is now found. And the parable ends. And you're sitting here wondering, what what happened? Was Was there a change? Was there ever a change? We, we don't know. But, but I do know that, that in 2022, there can be a change. I, I know that, that we can see a change in our day. I know that we can see a change in our own lives. And I, I know there's a lot of information, this rebellion, this resentment, this lack of devotion. There's a lot of information this morning. But, but, but here's the whole point of this whole message today is that I don't want us to be the older brother. I I never want our church to ever be the older brother. I want us to be in, in, in such joy and excitement when people go from death to life. I want us on every Sunday to be joyful that someone has come back home. That someone is worshiping God here. That someone is growing in the relationship with God. I want us to be a church that reaches prodigals, but also wants to be a church that is seeing older brothers come home and be joyful and have hope and be excited again. In this famous parable, we learn the one who is truly lost was the one who thought he wasn't. The one who didn't recognize his need. The parable is not about the prodigal. It's not about the father. It's about the older son. It's about the religious leader. It's about the tax collectors. It's about those who sit here on Sundays and sit in churches in America who think they are saved and and want to be fed and take care of me. And I've done this. I've done that. I've served. That's not what it's about. It's about us in a relationship with God. The moment that we are in relationship with God is the moment that this is no longer another work or another service. It's the moment of us living in our active relationship with God. It's us being changed. It's us excited. It's us wanting to be part of what God is doing. Romans 3, 10b through 12 says, none is righteous, no, not one. No one deserves, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Church, here, here's, here's my ending today. I'll have responses to this, but this is, just my, this is my, my, my big phrase for us today. Come home. Come home. Don't come saying, look what all of I've done. 
Look what I've done. But come home today with an attitude of, Father, I need you. God, I need you. This parable, next week we'll talk about the church's response. But today we're looking at our response today as individuals. And so here's what I say to you. If you're here today and you're saying, hey, hey, this, this may be me. I, I, I'm, I'm doing all these things and, and this is really hard for me here because I feel like I have to do all these different things and I'm supposed to serve, I'm supposed to do all this stuff and it's become more of a work for me the more than, more than joy for me. Then I want to tell you, I want to, I want to invite you to, to, to maybe, maybe, maybe it's a change that needs to happen personally of saying, hey, maybe you got to say, hey, I, I want to have joy in my serving. I want to have joy as I serve our children, as our children's ministry is growing, it's booming. Our student ministry is taking off and we need people to serve there. It's not like, oh, I got to serve. It should be, I get to serve, I get to pour and plant seeds into children's lives. But, But church, this morning, I want to invite you to come home. I want to invite you to come home with an attitude of, Lord, I need you. Lord, I have, I have looked at all these different things I've done and I realize that none of that matters. It's what you have done for me. I, it's not about all that I'm at, a building over here for my own kingdom, but everything should be about your kingdom, God. And if you're here this morning, I wanna invite you to, to and you're saying, hey, that's me. I, I, I want to just, I wanna be about, I wanna grow in God. I wanna give this to God. I wanna, I wanna have an attitude adjustment. Then, hey, I'm gonna invite you to do that. Take this moment as we go into this response to take some time to pray and say, God, help change my heart. But maybe you're on, 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 the, on the scale here of this, this older brother and you're saying, hey, I have, I am so caught up in my ways and this message is, is frustrating me. I don't like it. And I wanna invite you today just to, in this moment, just to, I want to pray over us in this moment. I want you just to, to just ask God to speak into your life. Because maybe, maybe, maybe you're running away. Maybe you're, you're mad at God. Maybe you're, you're close to God, but you're not in a relationship with God. You know, maybe you've been going to church here for years, and, and you're, man, I'm in here. I'm doing it. I don't miss a Sunday. I don't miss a Wednesday. Let me ask you, do you have a relationship with God? You know, Matthew chapter seven makes it very clear. How, how, how do we know if we're producing good fruit? If we're growing? Are, are, we, are we growing? Are we, we, are we pursuing? Are we taking steps to draw closer to God? If you are, then praise the Lord. If not, then I wanna invite you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Come back home. Come back home and, and be changed by the Father. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for this moment. Lord, thank you for this time. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just change our hearts. Lord, change our minds, Lord. If we've got caught up into this whole thing of, that we have a rebellious spirit that, that we hear of, or there's a fall festival happening, there's this happening, there's that happening, Lord, that we don't get an attitude of, oh, here we go again. I gotta do this again. I gotta go serve again. Oh, they need, they need a trunk for a trunk of tree. I guess I gotta do that again. 
Lord, I pray that will not be our heart. Lord, I pray our heart will never be when someone goes from death to life of, well, why are we letting them in our church? Lord, may that never be said of us. Lord, I pray that we have an open door to every person of every story, of every background. That everyone gets to hear the gospel and everyone gets to receive it. May we not be a hindrance to someone coming to faith. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, if there's any older brothers in this room right now, Lord, who, who have this heart, who have this, this, this spirit amongst them, Lord, of just legalism in the faith, Lord, of, of being close to you without having a relationship with you. Lord, I pray today, Lord, may you bring them home. Lord, I pray that you will speak over their hearts and their minds this past, this upcoming week, Lord, that you will just challenge them. Lord, I pray now, Lord, in this moment, I pray that if there's any, any adjustments, any, anything, Lord, that any thoughts that we need to pray over, Lord, or any heart issues, Lord, in this moment, Lord, that we'll take this time to, to come to the altar and pray, Lord, we'll come and and. and Allow me to pray over them, Lord. You allow us, Lord, maybe in our seats just to stay there as we're being sung over, Lord, and just respond faithfully. Whatever you're calling us to do right now, Lord, I pray that we respond faithfully in this moment. Lord, we pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, thank you for joining us. If God is speaking to you and you want to respond to today's message, please message us at tech, T-E-C-H, at lutesfbc.org. Hey, also follow us on Facebook and our podcast. Hope you have a great week.